Hello, Discover here to explain our cash back match. Here's how it works. We give you cash back for using your Discover card on the things you were going to buy anyway. Then we match that cash back in your first year. And that's why we call it Cashback Match. Now to recap and say cash back one more time. We match all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year automatically. Discover. Exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Hi, this is Bob Costas, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter, back with you all over the major platforms, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Deezer, you name it. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. Just find that podcast icon, whatever smartphone device you have. For example, with the Apple, you go to the podcast button, it's purple. It might be in your health folder or somewhere else. Just tap it, search, and uh, go ahead and type in ML Sports Platter. It's really simple. Two taps, a search. You hit subscribe, and uh, you'll get new and archived episodes in to your smartphone device of the ML Sports Platter. Past guests including Adrian Wojnarowski, Kel Ripken Jr., Eric Wood, and many, many others. We're brought to you by Liverpool Physical Therapy, CNY Electrical, and our good buddies over at Prestwick Golf. If you're in and around Central New York, go get your golf clubs regripped with my man Ed Patterson right there on Court Street, Prestwick Golf awesome place. I do it every single year. And a tip of the cap, thank you as well to Rosie's Corner. Pizza, pasta, wings, hot and cold subs, classic burgers. They've got the fried shrimp. They have stuffed shells, you name it. Uh, Desserts to go, Pepsi products, uh, specialty salads in the cooler. Get on over to Rosie's Corner for all of that and more available on Grubhub. And of course, they have their Fish Friday every single week as well. Mac and cheese uh, Thursdays and Fridays and uh, definitely go like them on Facebook and follow them on Instagram as well. So excited to talk Yankee baseball with my next guest. He is a Yankees and Major League Baseball writer and editor for Barstool Sports. He is the host of the amazing podcast called The Short Porch. And uh, for more, visit barstoolsports.com and at Barstool Hubs on Twitter. It's Eric Hubs. Eric, thanks so much for jumping on. Yeah, thanks for having me on. A little more positive note after uh, after last night's game. Uh, you know, a little more positive and hopeful about the team. But yeah, off uh, to rocky start for sure. But glad to be on. So, I want to start with this. This team, how much better can it get, and how much worse can it get? Like if we talk months from now, you know, Labor Day, nearing the postseason, where how how high, how low? What's the floor? What's the ceiling? Well, I'm. I'm scared straight to think that this could be worse. You know, how can, how can this possibly get worse when seemingly your one through nine hitters are all pretty much performing at their worst? Uh, Derek Cole's been really good, so I guess the the actually the only way it could get worse is if Cole somehow regresses. But I don't see that since usually he starts slow and gets better. So the fact that he's just starting on fire makes me feel good about the whole year with him. I guess the bullpen could regress. And obviously injuries, um, but we're not thinking about that. I think the only way this team gets, the only way this goes moving forward is better. Um, and you saw it a little bit uh, with uh, with Thursday's game. They actually put together eleven hits. They pitched well. They got some good starting pitching for Domingo. Uh, that's some you know stuff to lean on. That's positive, and that's more of a team that you want to see out there. Where they're actually you know swinging at balls in the zone instead of just letting them go by, which seemingly they've all been doing lately. Uh, so that. There's definitely some hope, and you know how this team gets better. 
consistent starting pitching, which I think they can get uh, from Tyone, from Domingo, from Montgomery. I'm very high on Montgomery. Kluber's kind of a big question mark. I, I, I'm not completely sold, uh, but uh, I, I do have faith in the veteran figuring it out um, as long as he stays healthy. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, the offense is – I mean, John Carlos is not a, you know, a 40-win uh, runs-created-plus player. Like, you know, he's just not a guy he'll figure it out. Um, you know, guys like Judge, not off to the greatest of starts. Um, still not, like, horrible, but these guys just have to be – like, statistically, they're going they're gonna to start hitting. They just have to. It's just This is not going to happen all season long. So it's easy to, you know, yell and scream, fire Boone, fire Cashman. I, I can't stand either one of them. Uh, and I, and I've, Boone, I thought, was going to be a decent hire. Uh, so far, I'm, I'm probably wrong. Uh, Cashman, I haven't been on board with for 20 years. Um, so let's leave them to the side for a little bit and go above both of them. And that's the owner. You know, George's kid owns the team. Hal Steinbrenner owns the team. First of all, this guy, you can never find him. You don't even know if he gives a crap about this team, number one. Number two, if he were to do something drastic, if the Yankees, let's say, missed the playoffs this year and they were terrible, and he finally woke up and said, okay, here's what we need. I need a new GM. we got to be constructed differently. This is not acceptable, whatever the case may be, and go hire another manager. Put yourself in that spot if Hal Steinbrenner were ever to change as the owner of the Yankees. How would you fix the Yankees and, and then maybe back-end it with Boone and Cashman if you'd keep them around? Yeah, well, I'm with you on Boone being out. I would have gotten rid of him uh, at the bare minimum this offseason and maybe the year before. Um, I, I get the reasoning behind it. I, I did like it at the start because he was like the polar opposite hire. Um after Girardi. You know, Girardi was this guy who wasn't necessarily a player's manager. He would get into you. He got into Gary Sanchez a ton when he struggled. Um, and, and, and he also disagreed with Cashman at that. Boone is hired to be this puppet, to be you know, basically the spokesman of the team to the media, say the right things, even though he just doesn't say the right things. You know, like he's even bad at that job. Um, so you, you, know, you don't know if you necessarily criticize him based off of the, you know, the in-game decisions. Some people you know, are led to believe that it's made by the analytical team, and I kind of believe that too. Um, but I would have been gone with Boone last year. Uh, so I would have brought in, uh, my guy would have been Buck Showalter. I, I'm a big Buck guy. Um, I think he brings that perfect, he loves analytics, but he also um, brings that old school mentality, and he's going to talk to players if they're struggling. He's going to be honest with them. He's going to be honest with the media. I, I thought he would have been a perfect guy for this kind of team. Um, and if you want to go one step higher, I'm fine with Cashman. Obviously, he does make, you know, he, he hasn't had the greatest track record of late, especially with bringing in starting pitching, not named Garrett Cole. Um, I feel like he's really struggled with that department of finding these guys like he's trying to do with Tyone and Kluber, and he's kind of failed in the past with guys like Sonny Gray. Uh, you know, Hitting-wise, he seems to be finding these diamonds in the rough like Luke Boyd, but he really doesn't do it on the pitching side. Um, but what it really comes down to with Hal is how this doesn't want to go over the luxury tax. And it's embarrassing as a Yankee fan to have an owner like that because now they still spend plenty of money. Don't get me wrong. They get careful. Plenty of money. They paid DJ LeMahieu enough money, although that dragged out way much longer than it should have. But just how's refused. The fact that they had to trade Adovino, and now it ended up working out. I think Adovino's time in New York was, was way overdue. Sure. But the fact that they had to trade Adovino to clear up space to sign other people, like the Yankees don't do that. Well, that's not a Yankee move to clear up space. You know, come on. 
So, you know, what happened to these guys? You know, and we're talking like not not $100 million in space. We're trying to queue up like, uh, free up like a few million dollars. Like it's, it's kind of embarrassing to hear them do that. So I just wish Hal would go over the luxury tax and, and, and just forget it all and just remember that he's the Yankees and the Yankees are worth $7 billion and they can afford to pay a little bit of a fine. That stuff bothers me. I'm not saying you have to win the World Series every year. A lot of Yankee fans actually believe that. They're crazy. It doesn't work in sports. It doesn't matter what sport it is. It's hard when you then win to sustain it and build a dynasty. And as I look back, I just appreciate each and every day. I mean, that 90s dynasty with the Yankees was absurd. I mean, when you go back and think... <clears throat> since 2000. That's exactly right. I just did a I just did a video on, you know, the Dodgers having possibly a chance. This is the closest we've come yeah. to even being able to compare anybody to that dynasty. Here here here's where my issue is though. With the resources and with the, you know, quote unquote scouting and this and that and you're the Yank you you are the New York Yankees. All I want you can go into the postseason, you can lose to a better team. Okay, no, I, I get it. That's sports, that's competition. But, Eric, they're not constructed correctly. They're too reliant on the home run, the right-handed power, lacking starting pitching, eventually tax the bullpen, can't hit with runners in scoring position, horrible defense, too many analytics. I mean, it's the same thing every year. But what guy inside that construction do you think, if you were able to part with, or you know, either in a trade or release or whatever, do you, do you think frees up the rest of the roster from a construction standpoint? For me, it's clearly Giancarlo Stanton. I mean, it's, it's clearly Giancarlo Stanton, and you can almost like, you know, I mean, contract, obviously, first and foremost, that's the biggest problem, that's the poison for all that, that you're stuck with for the next seven years, but or six years. Uh, but um, just the fact that he cannot play the outfield, um, and that's really what, uh, kind of like had their hands tied behind their back this offseason in terms of improving the offense because really what were they going to do like to change everything up they could change the starting pitching sure and they did that but offensively they're really tied to what they can do because Giancarlo has to be the DH so like either you basically if you really want to shake the whole team up you have to either part with DJ LeMahieu because then you could I guess move Glaber back to second and then bring in a big time shortstop via trade or whatever um, or go after Lindor, you know, all that. Or you had to trade Luke Floyd. And a lot of people did want to trade Luke Floyd. And I, I didn't understand it for a second. I, I am the biggest Luke Floyd guy. I'm basically, I, I consider myself the very first guy who got Luke Floyd bandwagon before anybody else because I hated Greg Bird so much. Um, he was just the complete opposite of him. But you don't trade Luke Floyd, who's the heart and soul of your team, who led the league in home runs and just has everything you can ask for from a first baseman. Obviously, you want the defense to improve a little bit more. But I think what we saw from Jay Bruce. Luke Floyd is like a gold glove first baseman. But basically, back to my point, is that you had to do one of those two moves if you wanted to really shake things up because you can't move Luke Floyd to be the DH where you'd ideally want him, I guess, in a perfect world. But because Giancarlo has to be there every day, Giancarlo being the everyday DH hurts this team so much because you just can't throw him in left field if you want for a day. You, you just can't because you're sacred. You're, you know what's going to happen. Like, every single year they try this, and it's like, oh, well, he's a straight hamstring on his quadrant. Yeah, whatever. Same story every single year. And obviously then you factor in the years and the contract. Yeah, it really hurts the team. It really, really hurts the team. And then factor in the fact that he struggled for most of his Yankees career. Obviously the postseason uh, in 2020 was fantastic. Like out of this world, A-Ron, 2009-esque. Um, and he did have a good first season. But since then, the injuries have really caught up. And right now he's just not producing. He's healthy right now. He's just not producing. So, yeah. It all comes to Giancarlo. Another guy would be Aaron Hicks to me. 
Um, even though you can definitely move his deal. Awful. Um, that is awful. Oh. Yeah, he's just he's just a terrible baseball player is what it comes down to. He does it for any average, and yeah, obviously baseball's moved away from batting average, but you know, his on-base isn't even crazy anymore. His defense has regressed. Uh, he's just a lost base. He's a, he's a switch hitter who thinks he's, he can hit from the left side when he really just can't. He's a right-hand hitter. He's just a way better hitter when he hits from right. He just looks more comfortable. His approach is better. He go opposite field. He's just a terrible left-handed hitter. Um, and that's a contract you get away with, though. It's 10 to a year. That's something crazy. And that's something that I hope in the offseason, if this continues this year with Hicks, that Hal finally bites the bull and is like, you know what, fine. We'll just eat the $40 million left in this deal, $50 million, whatever it is, and go get ourselves a better center fielder because it's not working with him. And they want to force him to be the three-hitter because they have to have a lefty in the three-hole um, or whatever it is. And, and I just hate it. He's an eight-hitter at best, um, and I don't even know if he's a starting center fielder anymore. A few more for Eric Hubbs, a terrific uh, writer and uh, host uh, of Barstool Sports, The Short Porch, on Twitter, at Barstool Hubs, um, BarstoolSports.com, such an unbelievable platform, of course. Yeah, I, I really think, and we'll get back to the Yankees in a second, but I wanted to bridge it with this. You know, everybody's doing the same thing now. Um, yet even me, I'm a, I'm a traditional media guy, uh, quit because I couldn't stand the corporate world, you know, uh, can't get out of central New York, wife kind of wants to stay here. Um, I just didn't want to deal with the sales and the on-air aspects. And I'm doing basically that on my own, running my own platform. But everybody's launching podcasts and videos and this and that and the other thing. And Barstool just continues to be at the top. They continue to be at the top, continue to be the best, continue to roll out new shows. What's it like to be a part of the number one sports, almost, I guess, podcast brand slash entity slash whatever else? What's it like on a daily to be a part of that? Yeah, it's cool. I think that the, uh, I always tell people that the best thing about the job is that I wake up every day and I never regret for a second going to work, you know, logging on, all that. It's just, it's an absolute blast. Um, I don't take it uh, for granted for a second. And anyone who does, shame on them because, the, you know, like the jobs you could have, the jobs I've had in the past, they're not, it's just like, you think about that for a second, it's like, wow, I, I, like this is my job every single day. And it's great. Um, and yeah, and, 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 you know, it, it's awesome. We're always as good as the time. We always have a feel for what's next, um, and then we crush it. But anything we do, we put all our effort towards um, and, and passion, and it's because it's such a good job. And, and yeah, it, it is just, I, I could not imagine working anywhere else. It's the best place in the world. Have the Yankees ruined Glaber Torres? <laughs> what a transition. Uh, <laughs> well, last night he had three hits, so that's nice. <laughs> but um, overall, Yankees short not though. Um, He's probably a second baseman for the most for the rest of his career. But even Eric, even at the plate, it's easy to go right towards the defense. He is a yeah. he's a disaster at the plate. His swing has completely gone in a different direction. He's swinging over pitches, under pitches. He's missing. Yeah. Uh, he's flailing. He's doing John Carlos Stanton type things. This is supposed to be on an aging roster, by the way. This is supposed to be your young prime phenomenon type player who you got in the quote unquote rebuild before Cashman screwed it up by getting Stanton. Uh, you know, trading Chapman for Torres and trading Andrew Miller to Cleveland for a host of guys, including Frazier and company. This is supposed to be your guy. Yeah, I, I it is. We talked about the last show. It's perplexing what's happened with him, um, and it's really, I guess, happened since he's made the official switch over to short, right? So I think maybe it's a mental thing. You know, the struggles at, uh, on the defense are now trickling into the offense. And it's just, you know, he's doubting himself and everything he does. Um, you know, and I think finally, I think entering Thursday, 
that was the most under fire he's been as a Yankee because obviously the lack of a hustle yeah. on, uh, on Wednesday with the dribbler in front of home plate and the fans getting on him. Boone said he, he talked to him. Now who knows what Boone said. You know, how, how <laughs> Probably gave him a hug and rubbed his back. Right, right, right. But whatever, you know, the, the immediate <clears throat> impact is good so far. I mean, three hits on Thursday. Actually had some really good swings up there. Uh, working counts, played good defense. So, I don't know, it's a very small return so far. Games. Let's hope that maybe he turned a corner there because the labor of the last year and a half, and last year they used the excuse of it being out of shape, um, and then you know towards the end of the year he kind of looked okay. Um, the playoffs he looked okay. So I don't know. Uh, the start of the season for him has been perplexing to say the least. And we this team, like there's no excuse for him to be hitting the way he is and swinging the way he was, he has been. Uh, you know, obviously you expect it from Giancarlo and Judge. They're all these you know um, home runner bust type swingers. But you don't expect him to play for Torres. You know, that's the guy who should be hovering around 300, you know, having a ton of hits, a lot of RBIs, being an all-star. You know, tw- you know, you expect 25 to 30 homers from him, 90 to 95 RBIs. You know, that's the guy you expect. It's kind of being close to that. So it is very confusing. And hopefully Thursday was kind of a, you know, the light bulb went off and, and he's kind of locked in again. But we'll see. It could all go back down the drain on Friday. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 this analytics stuff. I mean, they they're they're the Yankees who try to outsmart the Rays with the opener. They try to outsmart other teams yeah. with the analytics. They did it in the postseason with Davey Garcia, and because they're obsessed with launch angle. Hello, Aaron Hicks, by the way. You know, and, and all these different metrics and garbage from the Ivy League corner and Cashman's cronies. Glaber Torres has fit right into that, and I agree with you. I think the mental part is him being so brutal in the field that when he puts yeah. a couple of at-bats together that are so poor because he's just swinging for the fences, those two things are colliding, and he just he doesn't he doesn't feel it. Yeah, and I don't think he's a lazy player at all. I think he's always a guy getting extra work in, and I know he wants to be good. He had a quote last night on Thursday night. Um, basically, he's just like, I'm just so happy I can help the team do something finally. And he knows he's been struggling. Like, mm-hmm. he's not... He's not that lazy guy. Right. Like I, I don't, I don't see that. You know, people say Gary, and I disagree with that too. I think Gary works his butt off. He just, I don't know, it just doesn't work out for him sometimes, and he has these lapses. But I think Gary works his tail off too. Um, but I, I, I see Gleyber coming out of this. He's too good, too talented. We've seen, you know, it's not like, it's not like he's first coming up now and struggling, right? We've seen him multiple All Star. You know, like a, a guy who who can hit thirty five home runs in a season. So. It's there. It's just going to come back, and I, I, I really think it's mental. Um, and hopefully, at some point, he gets moved to second base, whether it's this year, next year, whatever, and then he comes back um, to being just that force uh, that we need in the middle of the lineup. From a product standpoint, when you watch Major League Baseball across the board, what team, I know it's easy to say the Dodgers, but they're a freaking juggernaut, but what team, and maybe it's them, and you'll surprise me with a reason inside this question, um, what team do you watch around baseball and go, I wish that was the Yankees. I wish I wish the Yankees were this team. Do you have a team that you watch and you go, that's them, that's who I want I want to be? It's very easy to say the Dodgers, and like it's, it's not the wrong answer because they're the team that spends the money, but they spend it on like the right guys, and they promote the guys, and the guys who come up from their, their farm system are just so uber-talented, and their starting rotation is incredible. I, I just, I envy what the Dodgers do with their contact. They're just such high-contact guys. You know, these guys like Bunt, you know, like the smaller guys. You know, I'm not even talking about the Mookie Bet. Mookie Bet's obviously the guy you want when you talk about contact and all that. But, um, you know, you talk about Seager is so, so good. Could he be in pinch next year? 
Who knows? I don't know. Uh, certainly a guy who will be a free agent if they don't lock up. The Yankees will be in on him. But, you know, guys like Chris Taylor even. Like, these guys just all are high-contact dudes. And it's, it, I just envy it so much. Um, and, and, yeah, so my answer is it's definitely the team that I, that I want to be is the Dodgers because they, they seemingly have no flaws. And it's, it's so, so, so impressive to watch them, watch them play. All right, I want to wrap with this. You're a Syracuse guy, right? You went to Syracuse University? Oh my God, you're so young. All right, so I'm sitting, I don't know, 15 minutes away from campus, uh, up north a little bit from, from SU. Uh, get into some memories that you have and some uh, favorite. I mean, gosh, the, the Hoops team started 25-0 and 0 when you were there, right? And, yeah, and, I got really lucky. Uh, I yeah. got really lucky. I had two Final Four runs. I was going to say, year yeah. Year. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Michael Carter-Williams, my freshman year, yep. and then the senior year. Uh, sophomore year, they start 25 and 0. They're number one in the country. Yep. That was wild. Yep. Uh, obviously, I think I believe they got upset by Dayton. They um, did in right. Buffalo. And by the way, that that Tyler Ennis shot in Pittsburgh, you know, it 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 it, it, w- it was amazing. But then, man, they lost. I was at that game. I was covering the tournament, and they lost with basically yeah. basically a home court behind them. So. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. That was stunning. Um, yeah, the Ennis shot. Um, Obviously, they were on the road for that game, but I remember yep. being in the dorms and everyone just did the, the, <laughs> just the simultaneous scream. You guys must have gotten oh so God. wasted that night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that did happen a lot. But I was also like in the dome um, when they played Duke for the first time oh. in the play, and yep. the game goes to overtime on the Suleiman shot, and it yep. kind of takes over yep. in overtime. That was incredible. Oh, yeah. Like just the, the whole day of that, like you know, you get to the stadium so early to try and you know get a seat and all that it, it was just a whole day that that whole duke day is a day you just never forget um and obviously uh you know the the, the, the game they beat virginia uh the crazy game that i'll go back and watch on youtube like right before the tournament start to get myself like get the blood flow because like that comeback they had on virginia oh, yeah. my senior year in the tournament um <laughs> was like literally unbelievable to just speed up virginia and you know as a team that plays love to play really slow and you know, they, they full-court press and all that, and then, you know, the plays by Cooney to get the 10-second call, all that. Yeah, so th- those are the memories that stick out. There's a lot of really good ones. No football ones, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I tell you, that, that was a hell of a, that was a hell of an era for you. And, and you know, I've argued late, I've, I've, I've argued major, major, major uh, with with the, 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 the fan base about this. You know, these Syracuse fans during the regular season, Oh, it's mediocre. Uh, the offense stinks. The games pass Bayheim by. Um, you know, the two-three zone defense gets lit up. Blah blah blah. Re- recruiting is down. I mean, every single thing you hear some of these fans say, Eric, it doesn't matter if you're going to end up getting in the tournament, and from there, nobody wants to play you. You become a matchup problem. Stars come out offensively, whether it's Malachi Richardson or Buddy Bayheim. Bayheim, Jim Bayheim knows March. And nobody wants to play the 2-3 because they don't see it. So what does it matter if all those things are going on in the regular season when you end up in the Sweet 16, Elite 8, and Final Four? What does it matter? Yeah, well, i got to regretfully tell you, I am one of those fans. Oh, I'm no, pretty come pretty on. Fan. Yeah, oh. I've been pretty fed up with Bayheim since I went to the school. Uh, it, it's, uh, yeah, he's, he's bothered me. Uh, the way he treats the media, I don't, I don't like that. Oh, he's, yeah, he, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't care for that. Sure. And then all of a sudden, and it's like, well, now he's gone and he's transferring, and that's one of the best guys you probably have had in the last, you know, five or so years. 
and you just didn't play him for whatever reason. Anytime you did, and you, you know, the only one played Gerard because he's he's friends with Buddy Bayheim. You don't want to hurt his feelings and all that, but he's, he's maybe the worst guard imaginable for the for the zone and running the offense. So yeah, that that stuff bothers me when he's just so he picks his favorites at the beginning of the season and he sticks to it. And he doesn't even think about these other guys, and now they're all transferred. Now, granted, they've got a few guys coming in here, and the, uh, but uh, I don't know. The, the Canary-Richmond thing really bothered me this year. I don't blame you on that. There are some things that Jim does that drives me crazy too, but on, on the whole, I think Syracuse basketball fans, man, I don't know. Let me put it this way. If the Yankees won the wild card this year after an eh season and a horrible start and they win the World Series, are you going to be happy? But the thing is that Syracuse isn't winning the whole thing. They, and now, granted, that's different college basketball. Way different. The final yeah. four is a big right. deal. But, uh, but, I mean, like, you know, he has only won one because Carmelo Anthony was in the building. So, um, you know, getting to the World Series for me, that doesn't cut it. Gotta win the whole thing. Gotcha. Well, you had to you had to get Carmelo in the building to begin with, though. But uh, man, you had some great times at Syracuse. Well, this was amazing. Thank you so much. Eric Hubs does an unbelievable job at Barstool Hubs on Twitter. Yankees and Major League Baseball writer and editor for Barstool Sports, the host of the Short Porch. Make sure you go download and subscribe where podcasts are found. To that, it's must listen. Eric, thank you so much. Continued success. Hey, appreciate you having me on. Go, go Orange, I guess. The thing for me is, and I've said this a bunch of times on shows, in videos, etc. I just don't know, even if the Yankees go on this major, major run, right? I mean, I'm recording this in late April. Let's say they go, and I'm I'm just going to, I'm going to pop onto the schedule here for a little bit. Let's just say, for example, that they have this crazy run in, in late April and into May, right? Like, you get done with the Cleveland series, you get Baltimore, dreadful Baltimore, on the road. you, you got to sweep that series right now to get going if you're the Yankees. You know, you love Camden Yards. They have no pitching. I know the Orioles have started pretty much like the Yankees have. That's how bad the Yankees are. But you got to go in there and win games. You win those four. Then you get the Tigers. And again, I know it'll be a lot of that, you know, bad team. Oh, they haven't beaten anybody in the same. But if you can roll with the Orioles, the Tigers, you know, you start winning maybe six or seven there. Um, uh, you know, then you play a Houston team that's way down right now. You catch them maybe at the right time, win two or three, maybe even sweep. The Nationals aren't playing great baseball. Then you got the Rays, which, God almighty, at Tampa. I mean, who, who feels good about that series winning even just one game? Then you go Baltimore. Then you get Texas. You get the White Sox. And then the Blue Jays are there for a little bit of a revenge. Tigers and the Rays again. <clears throat> May is set up for the Yankees to come back a little bit. But here's the thing. Even if they do go on those runs, even if they do win games, even if the offense does start to really, really trigger and start to awaken for the long haul, how good is this team really going to be? <clears throat> how good are they going to Are they going to win the division and then lose in the postseason? Yeah. That's, I mean, to me, that's the best this team can be. Even if they turn it around. Because they're so flawed and they're just constructed so poorly. Bottom line. Bottom line. ML Sports Platter brought to you by our great, great friends over at the Al and Angus Pub. Home of the best darn Angus burger in town. Make sure you go to the Al and Angus Pub. They've got the burgers, the wraps, the amazing entrees. Great beers on tap as well. Their French onion soup is a favorite. Make sure you go to the Allen Angus Pub in and around Central New York. Gift cards are always available. They're also on Twitter and Facebook as well. Al and Angus Pub 
the Allen Angus Pub is the official pub of the ML Sports Platter and, of course, home of the best darn Angus burger in town. Tip of the cap, thank you as well to Bryant and Stratton College, Camillus Golf Club, Rosie's Corner, and Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare. Make sure if you're in and around Central New York, you bring your dog over there for the best daycare around. My guy Cooper goes there, has an unbelievable time. They've got doggy daycare, they have hotel dog wash and grooming and more. Go bring your pup for a day of fun at Barks and Rec. they got the huge playground out back. Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. And by the way, they are partnered with B and R Bunkhouse Adoptables. Uh, make sure you go there and, and find them on Facebook. Go adopt a pup today. Um, Maria and the team, they just do such an awesome job at, at saving so many pups. And uh, it's a it's, it's an important thing to do, and it's a great organization. B&R Bunkhouse Adoptables in conjunction with Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare. Go like them on Facebook and check out all the breeds, all the doggies you can adopt today. Eric Cubs was amazing. Barstool Sports, the Short Porch covering the Yankees in Major League Baseball. I'm Mike Lindsley. Thanks for listening all over the major platforms. Make sure you download, subscribe to, and leave feedback for the ML Sports Platter as well as a five-star review. And as I always tell you, enjoy the games. Hello, Discover here to explain our cash back match. Here's how it works. We give you cash back for using your Discover card on the things you were going to buy anyway. Then we match that cash back in your first year. And that's why we call it cash back match. Now to recap and say cash back one more time. We match all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year automatically. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments. Where bold moves require confident blueprints. Where you can accelerate transformation through consistency. Where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at SAIC.com cloud. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.